Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Patreon. If you're interested in supporting the show, go to Patreon.com slash Joshua and become a $2 backer today and get early access to the new episodes. I'll be leaving a link in the description down below, but for now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Augment Experience Podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Josh Ravellis. I'm a student, musician, and a gamer at heart. Join me as I sit down every week to talk about all the latest news in the technology, business, and video game world. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. My name is Josh Ravels. I'm your host as usual, and I say welcome back to the show. Today's episode 180 of the show. And before we get started, get a bit of house coming quick because, well, you guys don't like to do it around here, and it only makes sense that we do it. So let's get on with the house cleaning. I do want to say thank you guys for coming back and listening to today's episode. It really does mean a lot to me. You guys constantly keep taking time of your days to download these episodes, to share these episodes, to constantly keep letting me know how you feel, whether you like my opinions or not, which that's perfectly fine. But I do greatly appreciate that you guys keep coming back and, you know, sharing some love. Also, I know this is the first time we've done a video episode in a while. So, well, here's my face again. So, you know, nothing's changed besides a little bit of a haircut and, well, semi baby face. But it's, yeah, it's definitely been nice, like just doing the audio versions. But I feel like with today's episode, and we have a guest too, which he's not new around here, he's been around the block a couple times with us. So, you know, Juan is back. <laughs> hey, he's in video, so now you guys can see his lovely face too. That's definitely. crazy. I'm, I'm like here, and you can see me. <laughs> he's more of a definitely a little bit more of a grizzled veteran than I. So he's got, you know, it's true. Got a lot more, <laughs> like, a little bit more facial hair than I do. So I look like a baby compared to him. Uh, you know, you, you'll get there. Don't, 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 don't stress. It, it'll, it'll happen for you too. I hope so. <laughs> but thank you guys for coming back. Obviously, the Patreon backers, you guys are great. Thank you guys for your support. Obviously, there's also episode 180, so 20 more, and then we hit 200 of doing this show. And I think we're already at 2,500, almost pushing 2,600 total downloads. So I greatly appreciate that. Thank you guys. Obviously, you guys can you know watch the video version on YouTube or listen to the audio versions on Spotify, where we like to listen to your podcast. But today, we're going to be talking about something a little bit heated in the tech community right now, which has spurred a lot of interesting opinions from a lot of people everybody has their own way of viewing things you know some people prefer to be apologists some people prefer to just straight up say how they feel and i think it's only fair that we have this conversation because it's not we we just can't ignore it. like it'd be easy for me to just be like oh hey let's talk about the pixel 6 or something like that like I feel like it would be a disservice to ignore the very big conversation going on right now not because it's like the popular thing to talk about but it's just genuinely something important that needs to be discussed whether we like it or not and i think it's fair that you know we have this conversation and having juan here is definitely gonna be really nice because juan you know been around the block a lot more than i have has more insights to share about the topic but i don't know if you want to because i know you talked about it yesterday juan on your show mm -hmm. 
but I don't know if you want to like go into it a little bit, like what actually is going on. Uh, sure. I, I think this is an ongoing conversation that, um, and then again, what, what's frustrating about even delving into this topic is the sensitivity it requires. Obviously, we're talking very loosely about some very troubling uh, trends in yeah. criminal activity, and we have to be sort of sensitive to those people who who uh, um, might. Uh, I, again, I don't want to be so flippant and use a word like triggered, but yeah. um, we're going to be talking about uh, how technology can be used to traffic and abuse people. Um, at the same time, we also have to be a little sensitive for the platforms that share this content, because even just mentioning some of these topics can can get content creators and producers like yourself um, into trouble with the platform's automated um, systems for for trying to weed out this kind of conversation or this kind of activity. And yeah. I think that that kind of goes hand in hand with the very topic of what Apple's trying to accomplish here is because I don't, I don't think many of us have a lot of faith in automated systems to not have or I should say for automated systems to have foolproof recognition and protection capabilities. Yeah. So the the, the reality of the world that we live in um, when it comes to uh, you know images of abuse and, and, and trafficking and this kind of data, basically every cloud service through the terms of service, the end user licensing agreement that you sign up for, mm -hmm. as soon as your data lives on someone else's hard drive, you are giving up a fair amount of privacy for the convenience of having access to that data over the yeah. cloud. This happens on iCloud, this happens on Google Drive, on OneDrive, on Amazon Cloud Services. Uh, basically, they're allowed to peek in certain ways to verify that the information you're, you're storing on their servers uh, is compliant with, mm -hmm. with, um, with law enforcement. And, and this is also like when iPhones back up to the cloud, Apple can be served a warrant to get that information off of their hard drives. It's it's technically in their in, in, in their control. It's 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 your property in their hands. So there's a lot of legal wrangling about mm -hmm. how far can you take encryption, how far can you protect user data, what what types of policies we can employ for security. Mm -hmm. Why this move on the iPhone is so troubling to so many people is this is a type of scan which is now happening on the phone. Mm -hmm. This isn't just the same kind of security or policing that we see when it's on a cloud service. You buy a phone, you own the phone, and now Apple is saying, well, we can pre-scan for any uh, troublesome or problematic content before it gets sent up to our cloud services. And, and for a lot of us in, in the tech space, th this is raising some red flags. Uh, first of all, just speaking very broadly, and again, I, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so don't take anything I say as like legal grade advice. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about things like the right to privacy, illegal search or seizure, this is a this is this is a component of your phone searching for illegal activity with no evidence that you have done anything illegal. Um, there are going to be a lot of conversations from from tech circles that are just very impressed with the kind 
of, of search that Apple is employing here, how they're circumventing some of the issues with, with um, uh, data security and encryption, uh, how, how this information is being stored on the phone. I mean, th there are some really impressive ideas on display here, but at the end mm -hmm. of the day, it doesn't really matter how they're doing it. To me, the, the, the big concern is they are preemptively looking through your, your gadgets for any evidence of illegal activity. Mm -hmm. And in this initial push, Apple is, is, is sort of complying with the agencies that are, that are tasked most heavily with trying to stop child trafficking and child abuse. Yeah. No, no one has a problem with that. <laughs> no, I'd no be one concerned is, if you did. Right. No, no one is pro child abuse in this conversation. Um, anyone who is should be absolutely eviscerated by the law to the to the most tactical degree that our yeah. legal system can punish an individual like that. What we have a concern with, though, is the method and the apparatus by which they're doing this. And Apple has already shown that in order to sell more iPhones, they will completely comply with local and regional governments. Yeah. Um, and, and if a government demands that, you know, Apple compliance include, you know, LGBT hmm. uh, content as, as part of their filtering process, then anyone who is in any possession of any kind of LGBT content is going to be a criminal. Um, and Apple will report on that individual. Yeah, uh, it, it also becomes kind of the the concern of a nanny state, where if you have a family account of Apple IDs and, and Apple iCloud accounts, if you have a minor and they're starting to explore some notion of themselves and they start mm -hmm. taking photos or sharing content, Apple is going to utilize this type of hashing and we should talk about hashing and, and again yeah. it, it is impressive how apple is doing all of this but again the, the end result is apple will create a system that will also narc on that individual through apple's servers where a human has to be a part of the chain of looking through this content and then report to that individual's parents yeah. um I, I i am fairly technologically competent and i feel I mean, I know my, my my child is going to find ways to circumvent my rules on on gadgets and electronics, but I also don't want a mega corporation in between me and my child, yeah, <laughs> narking on my child, where she could be, you know, she could be engaged in behavior that would normally just be a, a sticking point between me and her, but then. At some point, law enforcement is getting involved because Apple is a part of this chain and is and is uh, communicating with law enforcement agencies as to the quality of content that's being shared. And and, and from there, again, a Apple is engaged in uh, a method of image and data um, verification where they can claim some kind of plausible deniability. Mm -hmm. We don't even know what the objectionable images are. This is coming from a database, from, from a foundation, from, uh, from an organization that, that is vetting all of this for us. And we're just plugging in the numbers. So we're not, you know, we're, we're, we're not the ones that are, that are gatekeeping what is good and what is bad. But again, if, if that's the case, then it's really not a slippery slope argument to imagine that, a, a, a different government can populate that objectionable data bucket with whatever kind of content they deem objectionable. Maybe it's 
journalists' uh, data. Maybe it's it's a an oppressive regime, and there are certain images from you know counter revolutionaries that are that are trying to oppose this regime, and they can just put this all in the bucket, and then Apple will just automatically send them all of their data on on this kind of troublesome uh, information. It, it, it's it it's properly a backdoor. It does circumvent encryption, so you can keep your data encrypted. Um, there is still a data protection uh, policy employed by Apple, but this kind of does an end run around it, and it creates a system where your phone reports on you. You don't get much insight as to what that process looks like. There's no transparency on how this mechanism actually operates. We don't have any data yet um, on what a false positive rate might be uh, mm -hmm. if someone is accidentally put through the system of Apple saying you've got objectionable material, and at some point that had to be verified by someone in law enforcement. I, I don't, I don't want anyone to have to go through that process on accident. You know, they say one in a trillion, but we also know that their estimates on Face ID were not as accurate as their marketing yeah. led them to suggest. And then also, there are trillions of images created. One in a trillion is actually not a great fail rate, considering the amount of digital media that gets that gets uh, created and shared. Yeah. So if it, it's to, if I wanted to say something like pointing out like two main things, probably like to sum up for some people, it I would say two of them mainly are like trust and you know mainly trust and do we I would say trust and accountability with Apple because it's like a lot of people just being generally honest here a lot of people in the current world that we live in don't really trust big tech organizations they don't trust them with their data they don't trust them with their privacy even though yes apple has you know shown some competency when it comes to privacy like priding themselves and like oh we have you know they can go on record and say we have the most secure platform if they wanted to they always you know that's one of the big things they always harp on during the presentations mm -hmm. is oh you get the Apple privacy guarantee that we're, you know, we will protect your data. And, and they, they spend an inordinate amount of money because, again, I feel like this is a conversation that evolved very rapidly after the San Bernardino shooter case. And this is something that's brought up very often. And it's why I think there's an emotional component where people like me have been so disappointed in Apple's stance on this policy is they were obstinate in opposing the FBI in cracking open yeah. Um, and de and defeating the security of the iPhone, and I agreed with their stance on that. Um, you know, their their products are utilized in all walks of life, from general consumers to government to military. You know, any anything that could potentially compromise the security of that device um, is is a very significant threat to a huge swath of of uh, technology using populations. So then to see them kind of flip on this idea feels like an emotional betrayal. Um, we, we, we had a pretty good sense that iCloud wasn't going to be encrypted end to end so that, you know, law enforcement couldn't get to that data. It, it, from a legal standpoint, it makes sense that an organization like Apple or any cloud service provider can't perfectly obfuscate that data when it lives on their servers. Yeah, there's an there's a hot potato owner ownership problem there, right? Um, but but when it comes to utilizing these services on the phone, that does feel like um, 
like a betrayal of all of the marketing that we've seen, you know, Apple privacy, those giant billboards, what's what what's on your iPhone stays on your iPhone mm -hmm. and all of the snide little um, kind of digs at companies like Google. Um, you know, Google's just an advertising company and they sell off all your data. Again, that is so horrifically misrepresentative of the actual relationship. Google has every vested interest to keep your data locked up because their business model is working with advertisers. Mm -hmm. If advertisers could just get your data, Google wouldn't be able to sell their services. So yeah. again, it's it's in a it's in a way that some might find distasteful when we talk about online advertising, but Google has every interest and and every monetized interest in keeping your data as buttoned up as they possibly can. But from there, now moving beyond web services, Android actually does represent a, a in my opinion, um, a, a, a clearer. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A clearer choice in maintaining security and the integrity of your device. Your Android phones are not narking on you <laughs> to Google. You know, there's yeah. more competition in the Android ecosystem where if Samsung employs a similar tactic to what Apple's doing, other manufacturers are going to step up and say, oh, but we don't. We don't yeah. do that. And so it's going to be a very different kind of conversation when these policies are pushed to Microsoft and Google. And we know that it's going to be caught up in this emotional marketing idea. You know, yeah. uh, we've already seen that memo that was circulated to Apple employees where when the, the people started uh, talking about this topic, you know, we had the EFF and we had security researchers that were all very concerned about this and that memo describing them as the screeching minority mm. of people. Um, that, that is such a, that, that, that is such an emotionally charged way to try and dismiss very valid concerns from some of the, the top security researchers in our country. So yeah. we know that there's going to be a, a side angle like, well, Google was already doing this too. Google is absolutely not scanning the content on your phones in this manner or in this fashion. This is unique. Apple took the first step. Um, I, well, I mean, I guess Google and Microsoft are just permissive mm -hmm. of illegal activity on their platforms. Totally. And <laughs> that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, again, the, the argument of protecting children is, is always kind of a hot button topic. And to me, this is this is being utilized like a dog whistle mm -hmm. to uh, to activate something fairly insidious and rife for abuse on this platform. It, it, I, I feel like there's no way to kind of control against this if these kinds of tools are put into the hands of people that 
we genuinely don't like their politics or we genuinely don't like their agenda. Um, you know, we've already seen like how how the previous presidential administration was so aggressive at targeting certain news outlets and certain journalists and, and certain kinds of conversations and worked really hard to dismantle some of the protections for online media distribution. Um, this if had this tool come out during that previous presidential administration, I think it's safe to say they would have found some way to exploit it or abuse it. Yeah, and that's here in the United here. States, let alone in other countries in the world that are now going to demand this kind of compliance from Apple while Apple tries to sell their products in those regions. And this is where it's the whole premise of the idea of like that people say it's like, oh, everything always starts with a good intention. And yeah, this is like and that's true. that's true. Like any like doesn't matter, like any book relating to human actions, philosophy, like everything always starts with good intentions but the mm -hmm. second that somebody feels like oh this just doesn't work for me brother <laughs> like it's kind of funny make a hulk hogan reference like <laughs> the second that somebody feels like okay it can do this but can it do more and that's like i get it it's like oh you're starting to be a little bit superstitious you know you're starting to sound like alex jones here but which let's be real some people have honestly been using that to because some people are like oh why are you criticizing apple for this you can't criticize them like are you just you know you sound like alex jones or you sound like you know are you secretly a pedophile like you know and it's right it's well some and, of those things where and, and those conversations often often arrive in bad faith um, i'm yes. very wary of the slippery slope argument because mm -hmm. when we talk about it as a debate or a conversation fallacy slippery slope is sort of described as you take one incident and then you lead it down sort of an unlikely chain of events to an absurd result you know uh you know during when when i was a kid there were all the debates about you know gay marriage well if yeah. you let gay people get married uh what's to stop uh, you know people having polygamous relationships with their pets and you're like that is such an absurd chain of events that we would never get there your argument is only designed to to trigger an emotional reaction from someone who has no concept of how ridiculous that chain is. Um, what we're talking about here, a a Apple. So, so to describe the technology very, very quickly, and I'm mm -hmm. oversimplifying. Every piece of digital content has something called a hash. It's basically like a serial number that describes what that content is. And, and it's and especially when you're working with a lot of like uh, code, um, you, you, if you're, you're downloading programs and stuff, you want to make sure that the program you're downloading is actually the software that was described. Yeah. So you go to download an installer, you don't want to install malware. The developers put up a hash and that should compare against what you've actually downloaded. And the same thing holds true for images, for videos, for, for text pieces and documents. Um, in, in the past, you, let's say you had, you, you had a photo of yourself. You took a selfie. Let's keep it simple. You, took a, you take a selfie, that image has a hash. If you do any kind of change to that selfie, it, it's going to generate a new hash. So you, let's take you get your selfie and all you do is you just brighten it up a little bit. If you just look at those serial numbers, they look like two completely unique, different pieces of media. Mm -hmm. But what Apple is doing with their system is with this AI and machine learning hardware that lives on the phone, 
it is able to look at these different hashes and compare against very minute changes to say, no, these two images still resemble each other. Mm. And that's what's interesting is that this is kind of a progressive or, or perceptual hashing of this data. And so Apple basically gets a list of all these serial numbers. They get a, they get a, a chart of all of the hashes that have already been created for objectionable content, for, for abusive content. And it compares perceptually through AI against these hashes. So it should do a better job of finding images that have maybe been subtly altered or cropped or, or the colors have been changed or any, any of these minor differences where to the human eye, if you saw the two images, you would say those are almost identical images, but to a computer, the hashes are totally different. Mm -hmm. So, uh, sorry, I kind of had to go down that just for, for the technology here. Um, when, when we don't know, what the hashes are and apple is 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 claiming that this is some kind of a virtue of their platform we we don't even know we don't even see the content we, we can't even see the content we don't know what the content of these hashes are i think that is a a system that could be abused very easily by a government putting other hashes into that bucket um Maybe the imagery is Black Lives Matter. Maybe the imagery is LGBTQ. Maybe the imagery is, you know, anti-abortion or medical, you know, uh, medical issues or any other type of data that some political entity might find objectionable. If Apple wants to keep selling products in our country, you've got to comply with our laws on this type of digital distribution. So we're going to add all of this content to the bucket too. So. When we talk about slippery slope, slippery slope is usually referring to that absurd downhill travel to an unlikely conclusion. Mm -hmm. I think we can point to numerous governments around this planet where what they put in that bucket of illegal content is one step from where Apple is now. That, that is not an absurd drop into ridiculousness. That's Literally, the next use I can imagine for this technology is going after political dissidents in an oppressive regime. Especially with if, the society we live in. Let's be real. Like, we're not going to pretend that we live in some utopia because let's be real, utopia realistically here is not going to happen. But there are <laughs> there are countries around the world that have very strict views on certain things. Like you mentioned, mm -hmm. like gay marriage or Black Lives Matter, like let's just be honest here, like the biggest offender that comes to everybody's mind is like China or Russia, like mm -hmm. these big countries that have well-documented history, which we're not going to pretend like they don't because their history, well, and, we know And it. we've already, I mean, not to, to interrupt for too long here, but we've mm -hmm. already seen a trend where for Apple to remain compliant in countries like Russia and China, they've already adopted strategies that they would never do here in the United States. Uh, Russia just recently instituted a policy of all new smartphone purchasing had to require certain pre-installed Russian developed apps. And again, why, why is that so critical to a sale in Russia? The concern is that information is being trafficked on Russian servers to keep track of people in very specific ways. And Apple for their marketing here in the United States is compliant with selling that kind of a device in Russia. And that's what some like people can argue this is almost like a deal the devil for you know for lack of better terms is like 
in order to do business with some of these countries to get access to their, you know, fairly big markets, you got to yeah. do a little bit of a deal with the devil. And same thing that happened with, you know, like Blizzard a long time ago with the whole controversy with the Hong Kong. And then obviously the whole stuff with Taiwan right now, when, you know, they're, they don't agree with people saying that, oh, Taiwan's not a nation, even though, uh, buds, I don't know about that one, but we look at this situation you, like i know some people think we're like can sound crazy because people just don't you know they keep liking to go down to the extremes and go down the slippery slopes but we should be generally concerned whether you like it or not because mm -hmm. we also live in a society where yes people can be falsely accused of things we're not gonna it would be ludicrous to assume that this never like no everyone that's been accused of something is always like no We've seen instances and time and time again, there have been people that, you know, have been accused of something that they didn't do. And, well, it's, and, and it definitely brings up again, it, it's always, it's always, I think, helpful to push back against the lazier arguments, things mm -hmm. like, well, if you've got nothing to hide, you know, if you're not doing anything criminal, going, going through this process can be extremely emotionally disruptive. Again, mm -hmm. let's say we're, I've, I've got photos of my daughter playing in a bathtub and heaven forbid something lined up with some type of, of abusive imagery that sets off a few red flags. At some point in this chain, who, who are we using to verify the image? Why, why would my daughter's private bath time photo that I shared with my wife over, over iMessage or something like that, why would that be viewed by you know someone off-site uh, i i believe in this first imp uh, uh, implementation of this the people vetting these images are likely going to have to be law enforcement just because they're the only ones that were will be legally allowed yeah to kind of uh sift through this kind of media uh, th the way that we kind of put up these protections against abusive imagery mm -hmm. um it's highly illegal to own it you know so um it's gonna have to be someone in law enforcement but after some point if if the quantity of of data to verify becomes too high i can't envision any type of solution other than you know um sort of exporting those jobs to other regions uh, in in a similar fashion to the way that facebook does verification on on potentially abusive or troubling imagery there's just so much content that gets made and so much content that gets shared at some point humans are are inefficient at judging and verifying it well um you, you just have to go through so much of the absolute worst media that humanity can create and it creates substantial issues with mental health with digital distribution with international laws on trafficking this data it, it's it's a huge it's a huge mess to employ when it's also preemptive you know again we're not going after people that that are suspected of, of, of trafficking this media, we are pre-scanning the media on every citizen and every consumer's device and trying to root out where it might come from. Uh, the, the reason this is also problematic is because I think the people that are most inclined to traffic this media have already moved beyond using these types of automated cloud services the database of imagery is already established. So we're not looking for new content. We're looking for content that's already been created. There is no AI that can predict if a new image of a child is abusive imagery because we can't train a model 
in machine learning to predict the future. You know, like it, it's only uh, it, it's only effective at content that's already been generated, um, it, it, and it's very easily disabled in this incarnation. Where if you are already inclined to to traffic in this kind of imagery, then you you've already stopped using iCloud anyway. Yeah. So it, it, there there really isn't a part of this that seems effective. It seems like a huge mess for compliance. It's likely going to result in in a number of false positives, and people will be put through a process of being accused of trafficking in objectionable material. And at the end of the day, this is another component that's operating on your phone. So how do those hashes get stored if it's all being scanned on device? Is that eating into the storage of your phone? Is that utilizing the processor and the battery of your phone? H how often is your device going to get scanned? There are so many, again, I think it's admirable that Apple forces Facebook to tell you what Facebook needs access to on your phone. I think it's reprehensible that Apple does not hold themselves to the same standard of how your data will be utilized, will be scanned, will be sorted, and will be approved, not just for you know the legal implications, not just for the ethical implications or the moral or emotional implications, literally into how hard is it going to use your phone in the process of, 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 of uh, verifying all of this. Because that's an issue too, is the fact that you just don't get a choice in the matter because the whole premise, like we were mentioning, is that it always starts with a good intention. And obviously the intention in this case is to protect children and protect them from abuse because obviously child trafficking is still a very big issue in the world right now, whether you know it's sad, but it is true. But this, like you were mentioning, is how like Apple made a big thing with Facebook where like, look, Facebook has to reveal to you what data is it trying to get access to. And then also gives the option. Do you want them to be able to track you throughout different apps? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are going to click no. But the big issue here is you don't get a choice in the matter. Right. And that's what a lot of people don't like, especially in the society we live in. Just people in general like having options. It's just a natural thing that people like the ability to choose especially since that's something that you generally can control in life is you get to choose the choices that you make. And if this is a choice like, Hey, I don't want to let this happen. I don't want this, you know, running in the background. I don't want this happening on my device. Then some people are like, you should be given the option to say, no, I will not allow it. Right. And, and to Apple's, I mean, to the conversation that we're seeing early coming from, you know, leaked memos again, mm -hmm. Apple hasn't, hasn't made a public statement like this, but as mm -hmm. far as Apple's been concerned in terms of antitrust and other investigations into their business practices, uh, their choices you leave yeah. according to Apple, we'll just go buy a different, a different phone. You don't need to have an iPhone if this is what bothers you. And, and I feel like that's a false equivalency. I feel like that's a false choice. Um, if you have invested a significant amount of time and effort into iOS or iPad OS as a platform, it, it is insufficient for Apple to say, oh, but just throw all that away. I mean, that's fine. You can always choose just to leave instead of trying to reform how that company does business. Um, it, it's, always, it's, it's always interesting to me because again, so much of this is wrapped up in the emotions of marketing and Apple has been, I think, the most effective at turning tech into a feel-good lifestyle image. Um, they're the closest, I feel, that tech has come to becoming like a lifestyle or a fashion brand. Um, but, but again, you, you, have to, you have to weigh those emotions and the feels, the feel-goods of owning Apple products 
against some of their more recent business practices, uh, things like opposing right to repair legislation and lobbying against it, uh, how they didn't disclose uh, problematic apps on the App Store that potentially breached over 120 million um, iPhone owners' uh, data, but they didn't disclose that to the affected individuals. Or even just recently, AirTags. Again, AirTags, uh, they, uh, they opt you into a network of location tracking. So even if you don't use AirTags, your location is tracked to aid in the recovery of someone else's content and you don't, you don't opt in. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You were opted in automatically. And, and again, this is just another step in what I feel are some very problematic business practices. And I like how you mentioned that too, because let's be real here. There's going to be a lot of Apple apologists. Like, let's just be real here. There's people that are going to echo, like you mentioned, is because people, when it comes to piece of technology, when it comes to anything, books, you know, technology, even like, you know, for me, like this little bracelet I have on me, there are emotionally attached like for me like i'll just use an example like the little bracelet people keep asking me josh why are you wearing a bracelet and i'm like to me this bracelet was the last thing my grandmother ever gave to me it was the last mm -hmm. thing that i have of my grandmother so to me i'm emotionally invested in this like i have a lot of sentiment for this item so to me it might to some people it might be like why do you care about this it's a bracelet it's like yeah it's a gold bracelet it looks nice like what it's for your girlfriend or something i'm like no first off i'm single but to me it's <laughs> a memory of someone that's no longer here sure. and I can't get this ever again. And like for a lot of people when it comes to technology, like they say, yeah, bro, like the Apple ecosystem is my life. Like it's part of my identity and it's like, and so yeah, he heaven forbid things, you start showing up as a green bubble on someone else's <laughs> iPhone. Right. I mean, that would, that would be the worstest thing ever. Although I will say if you haven't been checking out RCS on Android devices, it's gotten really good. So I, sure. I feel like Apple is actually now falling behind on the messaging, uh, the messaging but, battle, but I digress. I digress. <laughs> For me, it's interesting because I see a lot of people like what you mentioned is like with Apple, and rather than people saying, hey, Apple, maybe you should consider changing your business practices or maybe consider all their alternatives. Like if people are genuinely bothered by this, maybe there should be a change in how we go about things. But instead, people are like, no, Apple's just going to do the way they do things and we're just going to be OK with it and just take <laughs> it raw with no with no Vaseline. And it's just there's better ways of going about it like because that's obviously this can go into huge debate between like android and ios where in the android space there's more options there's diversity while in ios you're stuck with one manufacturer that controls the entire chain top to bottom 
And yes, you get a choice by picking which model you want, but in the at the end of the day, it's you don't it's still the exact same thing. Unlike, right. you know, in the Android space where yes, you have different manufacturers that prioritize different things. There's different styles that go with it. And obviously with this year being a I wouldn't say a big year for Android, but I think obviously with Google, with the Pixel 6 coming out that people are really excited for, given that now Google is giving their first you know, shot at making their own processors, which let's be real, we kind of saw this coming. Like a lot of manufacturers are starting to go in this direction to like, okay, we're gonna do everything in house. We're gonna do it on our own because Apple's mm-hmm. been doing it for, well, obviously with TMMC, but same difference. But mm-hmm. you know, having their own proprietary chip and, looking at all of this it's just like you mentioned with AirTags. i didn't actually know about that like yeah the the, the, the network come to my mind so so again i mean apple's moves i i feel do actually step into some ftc style concerns over anti-competitive business practices mm-hmm. imagine um uh oh, what are the what's the name of that other company that makes those little bluetooth tile, tile. so so imagine I forgot about them yeah so but but tile created a business model and Tile created a network where mm-hmm. you install the Tile app on your phone and you opt in to their network and your Bluetooth connection and your geolocation data can be used to help find other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Apple copied and pasted that entire business model for AirTags, but they could also leverage the entire iOS and iPad OS ecosystem. So, you know, when you do find my phone um, on an iPhone, that is now wrapped up into the AirTag. It, it, they've stapled it together, so you can't really un- untangle it. You can't separate it. So now, if you ever you know lose your phone and you want to have it found again, you you tacitly have to uh, participate in the entire AirTag distribution. So Apple is and has an unfair advantage in being able to force all of their iPhone and iPad consumers into this network where Tile can't and, and rightfully shouldn't be able to force everybody who has a phone to, to participate with their, their Tile network. To me, that is, that is a clear example of an anti-competitive business practice being able to leverage um, an ecosystem of products and, and force people into those uh, systems uh, where their competitors can't participate to that same degree. And it's a great business for Apple. They're going to sell a ton and it's going to enrich the Apple ecosystem. But again, at the same time, they don't hold themselves to the same standard that they hold Facebook and Tile and all of these other competitors. They couldn't get Spotify under control. They made Apple Music as a streaming platform instead of a music sales platform. Uh, they couldn't keep Netflix sales going through the iOS app store, they came up with Apple TV. So far, Apple's recent incarnation of strategies and business practices has been to copy competitors, lock people into these ecosystems, and and uh, and try and chill competition from outside. Um, we, we have to kind of weigh that emotion. We, we have a feeling Apple will do the right thing. I feel like this is another step where we're being shown that Apple is a corporate entity is obviously not an altruistic entity. They're looking at what's going to generate the best possible margins, the the, the best possible sales, access to the largest uh, groups of consumer demographics. And especially as we look at how Apple operates with governments around the world, 
Um, I, I, I feel there's enough here to be concerned about their business practices. When apps show up that um, have malware in the app store, Apple has a vested interest in not alerting their consumers because they've already marketed so heavily on how perfect their platform is and how this is the right way to do it. And you can't have an outside app store, uh, security and privacy, blah, 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 blah. So if anything were to come out that would, would sort of deflate that marketing, instead of making a big show out of how they're trying to tackle a problematic or a malware situation, they bury it. Um, when there are issues with uh, device reliability, um, you're holding it wrong and don't worry, it's not a problem. And then after those, situation. and after those products start falling out of the support window for your warranty, well, maybe we'll do a recall for like the 10 people that still have them three years after it was a relevant situation. Um, this is another example of them fighting against right to repair legislations. This is, uh, th th this is, this has become a company that I, I feel has gotten so large and is still, still trying to demonstrate growth and, and improving profitability. An issue like this, coming back to the main point where we're talking about compromising your privacy becomes even more of an issue. I do not trust that this current flavor of Apple is going to be able to uh, mitigate the potential harms or the potential abuse of this system. Um, but it's going to be really good for their bottom line if they get access to more consumers because of this kind of security compliance. Especially like thinking about it, like I like I know you and me haven't had that personal conversation of like why I switched from engineering to business, but I primarily switched to marketing. Mm -hmm. And for me, looking at all this like people have asked me like i know you're probably like how does this all relate but we'll get we'll swing it all around like a good old baseball bat trying to hit a home run but i switched to marketing and then people asked me what do you want to do and i told them for me personally when it comes to marketing my mind immediately goes to like apple's marketing team because i've seen firsthand how this marketing team is able to do a job that not many other companies are able to do that you can literally see the Apple logo. And because of all how well the marketing team has, let's just be honest, they've done a great job. I'm not going to say, oh, no, the Apple, the marketing team is dog. I'm like, no, it's clearly a very successful team because they know what they're doing. We're not like they clearly have an understanding of how to. I don't want to say manipulate, but they know how to draw the emotions from you. They mm -hmm. know how to get your attention. They know. That's what good marketing is. Yeah, it's what it is. Good marketing requires you to drag somebody's attention. It's the same thing that goes with public speaking. Like you have to be able to draw people in. Like if people are drawn in by the words that you are saying, then you're doing a good job. However, the problem with all the marketing is while you can do a good job, it always comes down to the intentions behind it like mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna go on a limb and say apple's intentions malicious in this because no like i, I would be ludicrous to say that because no. i don't know it, again it, it's it's this this is what's so problematic about using this kind of emotional again like you were saying i, I don't even want to call them apple apologists at mm -hmm. this point anymore it's just it's a it's a foregone conclusion that if you talk about Apple on YouTube, you will be more successful with your YouTube videos because of the interest already baked into Apple products. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're trying to apply a human motivation to a trillion dollar corporation. Mm -hmm. There is no motivation for a trillion dollar corporation other than to secure future profits and and pay off uh, current investments. That's it. That's it. 
there, there is no friend, there is no, you know, uh, adversary, you know, um, Apple is not my nemesis. They are a trillion dollar corporation, which has, which is looking at maximizing shareholder profits and uh, utilizing their investments to also try and prevent competition in key sectors of the market. Um, that That's it. Any, anything else is the emotion of the person talking about Apple. It has nothing to do with the motivations of Apple. And that's because I get it. Like when I look at this entire situation, it definitely a lot of people will say it's fueled by emotion. It's just fueled by speculation. It's fueled by conspiracies. Like people think that, you know, the Apple is just going to go downhill and they're going to, but I'm like, well, no, it's, we've seen time and time again that this is a company that, has a standard for how other people should do things. But when it comes to them, they're like, I don't think we should follow our own standard, you know? And it's one of those things where... Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. They're very hypocritical in this situation. We're not going to beat around the bush. And some people are like, oh, Josh, you're just hating on Apple. It's like, no. We've seen time and time and time again. Like some, being honest, some people thought I was an apologist for Google and Facebook saying, oh, you should trust them with your privacy rather than Apple. And I'm like... First off, I've never gone on record and said that. <laughs> I have always said when it comes to privacy, Facebook is the absolute worst. We're, right. We all know this. Like There's yeah. people that still use Facebook, but a lot of people are starting to switch away from it because of the whole privacy concerns, which let's be real, they've always been there. With Google, like you mentioned, they don't benefit with just selling off all your info because then they wouldn't be needed anymore. They right. wouldn't be profitable. So there has to be some, there actually has to be protection. Like they're invested in keeping your information because yeah, obviously online advertising is also another slippery slope because some people mm -hmm. will be like, well, it's very much. Oh, yeah. and, and, and again, we're talking about another trillion dollar corporation. So their motivations are not altruistic. I'm, I'm not ascribing Google to any type of like, you know, heroic stance on this, but the reality of this is different than the marketing perception. And, and the way that Apple talks about privacy is very emotionally charged and doesn't fully live up. I mean, their, their actual business practices don't fully line up with the marketing message that they put out there. And, and when you really try and think, you know, it, it, if we're kind of trading conspiracy hats back and forth between <laughs> these different organizations, you know, what, what is the end game if Google is cavalier with your data? You know, that, that's not the business that they're selling. Actually, Facebook is a very good model of, we want to make the leakiest data portal possible. And then <laughs> we're giving, you know, individual uh, bad actor developers access to that um, through through our platform. And that's, that's genuinely one of the major ways that Facebook makes money. You're completely different um, uh, implementations of a data-driven economy when you look at Facebook versus Google. Mm -hmm. um, but, but again, I mean, coming, coming back to Apple, it's, it's, uh, it's troubling because Apple has been at the forefront of so many consumer tech conversations. Uh, they've been ahead of the curve on, on getting more sort of daily driver tech into people's hands. Uh, they definitely still carry a reputation for making the stuff very accessible, very easy to use. 
but their recent, and I would say over the last couple of years, the, the recent trend and the changes in their business model, I, I feel have uh, escalated the, the sort of profit seeking and the motivation for why they engage in, in these types of business practices the way that they do. And, and I think that uh, some of this is also in reply to like the recent lawsuit, um, you know, Apple and Epic fighting against Fortnite. Well, this definitely strikes at the core of Apple's uh, developer business model. Um, and, if, and if anything sort of cuts into the incredible profits that they make off of distributing software where they're not really responsible for anything, all they're all they're doing is operating as a gatekeeper in between a developer and an iPhone user, mm -hmm. um, and that's it. All you're doing is paying your thirty percent for access. Um, then then Apple has to look at future monetization strategies. And if you know there's a market where they can't sell iPhones because they're not compliant with you know very you know restrictive regime, well, this is an opportunity for them to crack that market and sell more iPhones and offset the potential losses of having to comply with anti-competitive or anti-consumer uh, regulations on app store models. You know, again, I, I, this isn't, that's not a wacky, wild, out there, fly to the moon conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. that, that's like literally just looking at the last fiscal sales quarter, seeing how is Apple gonna make more money year over year and then trying to predict, well, what's one opportunity that they might have sitting on the table? Oh yeah, if they can't sell iPhones in this country, th this this would be a way for them to, you know, sort of encourage a relationship with that country's government. And it's one of those things, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, like the whole debacle with Spotify or, you know, Spotify, Apple Music or Netflix and Apple TV. Another example, like you mentioned, Apple Arcade. Like Apple Arcade right. was literally designed to screw with all the streaming services like well, and, and at the same time, while they were developing a platform for game distribution, they were actively fighting against any other type of game streaming service. Um, you know, no Google Stadia, no NVIDIA, no uh, Microsoft, Xbox, you know, Game Pass. Um, they, they, they preemptive, uh, they chilled an emerging market. And to me, that also strikes at the, the heart of like net neutrality policy. If, if a manufacturer or an ISP or a carrier can disrupt a business model, um, then I, I don't believe they're acting in good faith for consumers. I feel they are using their market uh, market position as an unfair advantage. Um, and, and they're likely influencing uh, the, the, the legal system um, to, to kind of curry favor and to, to kind of point their business model in direction, or I say point the laws around uh, in the direction of what's going to be most beneficial to their business models. And, you know, making a good point with that, people need to realize that these companies are not your friends. I know we, like you've talked about this multiple times. I've said this multiple times. A lot of people have said this multiple times. These companies do not genuinely care about what is best for you. On some, like some people can say, well, they probably do. I'm like, no, when it comes to big trillion dollar tech corporations, as long as you have their products in your possession, that's all they care about. And as long as they can milk you for as much money as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, they do whatever they can to keep you happy on occasions. Yes. If they just genuinely care, if they generally, if it's, if it's good for business, yeah. if it's good for business. If they generally just don't give a rat's ass, then they generally won't give a rat's ass. And that's the cold, hard reality that we need to realize that these companies are not our friends. We should not be defending companies for practices that are questionable. Like if you, I've always been told this, 
like especially like with my type of job that I do here on campus, if something sounds like a pretty bad idea, chances are it is a bad idea, and you probably should tell you probably should tell someone about it. Like we're right. told that in our trainings, like especially because I'm half asleep during my trainings, and so is my supervisor. I'm like, which is hilarious, but that's always been my mindset when I think of things is when something sounds like it doesn't sound like something doesn't sit well with me. There, mm-hmm. there means that there definitely is something under the surface that we need to discuss and that needs to be brought up because when this type of situation arose, like look at this situation, we've, it's the same situation that happened when the air Tags came out, the same situation with the butterfly keyboards with the right to repair. And Apple was like, sucks to suck, but too bad. If you bought one of these, well, you want the fix, we'll sell you the new ones with new keyboards. And it's just like, and then the whole idea of being in this system where Oh, if you don't like what we do, just sell all your stuff and then go to a different brand. And it's like mm-hmm. a lot of people can't do that. Like a lot. That's like saying a working professional. They're like, oh, they have a camera brand. They're like, oh, you don't like what we did. Oh, well, sorry. Just sell all your stuff and then go to like a lot of people can't do that. And the reality is a majority of the people can't do that. A lot of people can't just go up, sell their stuff because people don't seem to realize that selling goods is not the easy. Like, I know it sounds like it's easy, but it's like to generally make a profit to be able to buy new things to replace it. <laughs> it's not as easy as it looks. We're just being honest here. As someone that's done it a good amount, it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah. For me, like some people have said, Josh, why don't you try switching to Mac It's You do a lot of creative work now. And I'm like, well, that's easier said than done, whether you like it or not. Like I can't just go out, buy me a iMac or buy me a MacBook Pro with everything that I need to do my job. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I literally have everything right here in front of me that does everything I wanted to do. And then some like granted, yes, in my computer, like as a windows user, I would like to have a new GPU, but given the current state of the market, that ain't happening anytime soon, which sucks, yeah, but it's- I'm okay with it. It, it, it's tough. And, and again, I think it's a, it's a very kind of flip or a dismissive kind of reply because a, a lot of this is, is going to descend into some of the most obnoxious sort of whataboutisms or hot takes or like you were saying with, with apologists, like I'm, I'm not particularly interested in how cool this methodology mm-hmm. is because from, from an, an actual, from a science nerd, former computer programmer perspective, like what Apple's doing is incredible. I mean, it really is. It's it's it fascinating. Is. The 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 research is 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 amazing. This is a, a an aggressive use of machine learning hardware. These neural cores or these uh, tensor cores, whatever we're going to be calling them, uh, for automating certain services on on a mobile device. Uh, my my problem isn't how. I'm not impressed by how. I'm my 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 main concern is that they did it at all. Um, again, a, a lot of people are going to find this conversation and, and, and react with apathy. Well, I mean, nothing's private anymore. Anyway, it, yeah. it's, it's like anything else. Like it can always get worse. <laughs> That's the big thing that people don't realize right. is it can get worse. And, like and we're still like at it. Say that it doesn't, but. No, and we're still at a beautiful consumer precipice where you think know, you were mentioning with some of the changing, uh, especially over generations of consumers, mm-hmm. some of the changing attitudes on social media services and younger people being wary of organizations like Facebook, um, that we still have plenty of room to to kind of walk back and, and redefine our relationships with gadgets and technology and information services. Um, the next phase of the internet will not be built on the same kind of 
free to use, but you're the product kind of model um, if we push back enough. And, and there's always room for, for change. You know, it's like, oh, you can't put that genie back in the bottle is such a stupid, useless contribution to this conversation because, you know, it, it, it's, it's all or nothing in that in that scenario it's it's black or white it's zero or a hundred percent like pandora's and, box like everyone and, likes to use that example and you open oh, it you and now it. oh i guess we already opened it and everything sucks what we're talking about is degrees of change mm -hmm. and what apple is trying to institute here i think is a step too far for any type of data security privacy policy um i i i i feel it's rife for abuse and i think it betrays one of the last bastions of of privacy like your phone is basically a cyborg implant in this modern economy it is it is the keeper of all of your most private moments of all of your most private information your most private data mm -hmm. and anything that compromises that 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 sort of walled garden of you i think should be you know a, a tactically critically uh, examined and uh, dissected to see how it works and and to see how far it might go, and, and I just don't I, I don't believe the conversation is in earnest if we've got a bunch of you know techies who have kind of built their channels on you know consumer conversations and stuff trying to write off these concerns. Um, no, no, we Apple's going to do just fine. I, I I don't believe that's ever an acceptable. Uh, conver uh, an acceptable joiner to this conversation. I, I think it always needs more scrutiny than that. Yeah, and I actually just thought of something too that can um, when people talk about privacy that oh yes, if you're you know online you use the internet then you don't have any privacy. Like prime example, like something that Snapchat recently did. I actually just saw this myself, mm -hmm. where Snapchat now if you use it and you go into your astrology like where it talks about your astrology profile. At the bottom, under where it says your birthday, it's like, hey, you want to like put a little cake right next to your thing where it tells people about your thing. That's your birthday. Under it, now it actually tells you the exact time you were born, the day you were born, the year you were born, <laughs> and where you were born. And I, I was like, there's no way. I thought from, in my perspective, I thought there's no way this is true. I looked at it and it told me where I was born. Mm -hmm. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I was born at Fort Lauderdale, Florida at 1230 midnight or, you know, 12 30 in the morning but i was just like oh my god this and i'm like how in the blue hell did this thing get this information because i was like this information is only on my birth certificate and it's the internet is definitely a very interesting place especially because like you mentioned like oh my lord <laughs> do you need to get going of course we always like to have a little bit of fun around here All right, everybody. I do apologize for that. I, that was exciting. A, I was yeah, excited. Right? It's like totally. Let's just set off the alarms. Am I in danger? Do I need to evacuate? What's what's going no, on, bro? They don't. Let's be real. They don't care. About <laughs> they only hire the <laughs> finest of upright citizens to work in this facility. Of course, of course. I say that now. My supervisor's like totally, and I and my supervisor might have slightly alluded she's done some things under the sun, and I'm like, well, man, you're a brand new. You're just a new college grad, so I don't hold anything against you. I'm like, I'm a nice, innocent citizen. Totally innocent citizen right here. Um, For sure. Like, <laughs> haven't done anything illegal. So, well, I mean, we were talking about like, you know, Apple's data security and privacy policy. So they were obviously trying to shut down your show. You know, they, 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 they couldn't handle it. Let's be real. Like the amount of times that people like, there's always has to be something that happens during these episodes. It just makes me question life some days. 
even though that like swear if my supervisors hear me saying that stuff like oh, that's a report of student concern <laughs> i'm like dude i'm fine like we're all fine it's just dude we're all screwed up in the head some let's just be real here. we all are <laughs> there's something at least wrong with us <laughs> guaranteed right. but back to the topic at hand it's definitely one of those things where we look at this entire situation it's like I get it. The idea that this could be used to protect children, you know, the whole mm -hmm. you know, nursery mode and all this other stuff. Yes, we like the idea. We like the idea of protecting children, mm -hmm. but we would also be extremely naive to pretend that this can't go downhill. Like it very well can. Like it's not even like, oh, this is just oh, Alex Jones level. No, it's like we've seen that there's countries that can clearly exploit this. And if Apple wants to do business in said countries, who's to say that those restrictions are adding in like political opposition like oh if you see right. photos talking about uprisings or photos talking about oh we need a new person in office who's to say that those countries might not put that in the dotted line and say hey we see that you have this technology we've seen how it's implemented we just want to add to it a little bit just so you can sell in our market and it's, mm -hmm. let's be honest apple's a business here and if it means getting access to billions of sales they'll take it and that some people will be like no they won't and i'm like well they would I, so <laughs> so I, I, again i, I kind of feel like there's like a reading rainbow moment to kind of mm -hmm. cap some of this conversation you don't have to take our word for it um no i i feel like there are some some very valid concerns on the implementation of this the transparency of this how how uh how cagey apple has been more with the marketing kind of uh um presentation of this as opposed to actually detailing what the nuts and bolts of this mechanism will resemble. And I'm never impressed when the answer is, well, if uh, we can't tell you how it works because then people might try to defeat it. And you're like, yeah, that that's security through obfuscation like that is never effective. And it's, mm -hmm. it's never a good strategy in the long run. So, so I, I would, I would, uh, anyone who's kind of curious on what some more learned and wiser security people might have to say about this, I'd start with the, uh, the EFF, EFF.org, mm -hmm. um, and, and read some of their, uh, their reactions to this policy. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've done uh, some interviewing on, on interview, uh, on organizations that work really hard to try and, um, stop the spread of abusive imagery and, and, and trafficking. And I, I completely appreciate and understand why they've been so supportive of this endeavor from Apple. It's, it's a scourge. It's, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible aspect of, of our, uh, of humanity, um, that there are individuals who, who get, get into this idea of abuse. But it, this actual implementation is something I'm very concerned about for all of the other ramifications of what it might do. And, and also, I, I feel like this is one of those situations where detailing the structure of how it works would also lead us to seeing how effective it might be. We won't know how effective this is if it's a magic black box that even Apple can't really see inside we won't know if we'll, we'll be compromising our privacy for an effective strategy. Again, I feel like there are a number of people who would like to contribute to, to stopping this kind of content distribution, but not if it's ineffective. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, it, this is a huge and profound challenge, but I feel like we're, we're kind of going after the avenues of distribution that have already been ignored. 
by the people most likely to create this content. Where again, this strategy won't help stop the creation of this content. So, so this is a, a huge and, and difficult and horrific law enforcement challenge. And, and, and I have every sympathy and every uh, kind of commiseration for the organizations around the world that are, that are trying to work with law enforcement to stop this. Um, I don't think this is gonna be the strategy that helps significantly uh, stem the tide of, of uh, child abuse and of human trafficking. And I think that's, that's the overarching big theme of this is, I don't want anybody to feel like that what we're saying here is the be all end all that this is the solution to the issue. No, it's, this is not something that's so easy to say, okay, here's the fix or okay you know we should or we shouldn't it's it's definitely one of those things where one we don't know how the system actually will be in practice because well it's not in practice right now so we don't know how effective it is so let's keep that in mind we don't know how effective it is on paper it already sounds concerning for some mm -hmm. people you know everyone's gonna obviously gonna keep having their own opinions and that's fine everyone's allowed to have their own opinions we're not gonna pretend that they can't but we also don't want to be very naive in this situation and pretend like there aren't some concerns. Because if if something genuinely bothers you about this whole situation and this whole implementation of this of this technology, then chances are there's something that concerns you. And we're not going to mm -hmm. pretend that you shouldn't be concerned. If you're concerned, you should be concerned. If you're not concerned, I'm not going to make you feel so like you should be. There, there, there are concerns and then there are concerns. Um, and, and one of the reasons why I feel this conversation has garnered so much traction in the tech community is there, there are some policies where kind of a wait and see approach I think is valid. Let's, let's try this new thing and let's see how it plays out and then let's see how the market reacts or responds to this. Such a unilateral decision from Apple on this in, in such a way that is, is, it's so easy to imagine potential abuse of this situation mm -hmm. is one of those that we, I don't feel it's a good idea to give it a try, let it get normalized in society. And then 10 years from now, we're wondering like, well, you know, how, how could we not have seen that it was all going to go so wrong? I yeah. feel that there is, there is a good faith argument against this kind of policy and and examining it more granularly before we throw it on everybody's device this is one of those where i feel the the maybe give it a chance and let's see how bad could it really be is is not the approach we should it be taking. sounds like a terrible idea especially when we're talking about how many billions of users like It'd be different right. if it was like one to three, like a handful or a very small sample size of a thousand, but you're talking about billions of people. And But but then also just think of the ridiculousness of that pitch. Mm -hmm. Hey, we here at Apple, we want to try a pilot program. You're going to be one of a thousand people and we're going to see if you're a criminal. <laughs> right? Would, would you sign up for that study? Would you be a part of, of that just to see like, hey, can, can you find any... Uh, uh, you know, CSAM uh, on your phone. Uh, sure, Apple, I'm, I'm going to be a part of that. You know, when you when you boil it down to like, let's say you and 10 friends were selected by Apple to get a new software update on your phone. And the whole point of the software update is to dig through your phone to see if you're doing anything illegal. 
what don't, if you point blank put those 10 people in a room, I don't believe those 10 people would jump at the chance for that new Apple software to be installed on their phone. But for gone. some reason, when we talk about this conceptually as affecting potentially billions of people, those numbers are too big for our evolved primate brains to really <laughs> encapsulate. But I, I want you to just put five friends in a room and then say, I'm gonna put your phone in a little box so that only I can see the screen and you're gonna let me just look through all of your photos. Now, I mean, you can totally trust me. I'm a dude on the internet, right? I, I, I hate boiling it down to such a, a you know, a, a ridiculous, you know, kind of absurdist yeah, like kind of situation. Like way of doing things. But the process that Apple is engaging in here eventually does need some human review. It, it will eventually need to be detailed. Law enforcement eventually will get involved. And we don't know the criteria that can be added to this platform or program in the future. And if you're uncomfortable about the idea, or, or you know, take me out of the equation and make it a cop. So you get 10 of your friends from college, you put them in a room and a cop says, I get to look through your photos. But don't worry, you, I mean, I'm, I'm totally cool. I'm, I'm a police officer. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm looking for. If, if we're not okay with that, I don't feel we should be okay with Apple's one step removed automated policy that will eventually get law enforcement involved if they happen to find anything. Which is the concern because I get it. Everyone talks about like someone mentioned, and I know we can end on this one. Like people mentioned like, what about memes and stuff like that? Or, you know, like in your case, you're a father, you have <laughs> pictures of your daughter and not anything explicit because definitely not you're a father like just generally capturing moments of your daughter what are the odds that the person that's going to manually review this because they have said there if something gets flagged in the system someone will manually review this mm -hmm. what are the odds that this person is going to be able to properly identify if this is exploitation or is this just oh it's just a dad taking a picture of his daughter like you know just the, right. the keepsake where where again we have to dedicate those resources from law enforcement and and honestly rather than reacting to individual potential images on consumer devices i feel the resources of law enforcement are better spent on proactively trying to root out the rings and the societies of people that create this content that mm -hmm. traffic people that that um are responsible at the top for the generation of this content. It, I, I want so much more of the manpower of law enforcement being focused on that tier. You know, again, it's kind of like, you know, drug busts. You know, I, I, mm. I care a lot less about the individual on a street corner, you know, selling a couple dime bags than I do about the massive organization at the top of the hill that is responsible for so much more human suffering. Um, where I want my tax dollars to go is up the chain, not you know, trying to to take out all of the individuals at the very, very bottom who contribute very, very little uh, to, to human suffering. Yeah, um, almost like the you're dealing with the surface level of the iceberg rather than noticing everything, everything underneath. Water. Right. And that's definitely the biggest concern with this entire situation is this situation using the child, like protecting children, and everything almost seems like it's just the tip of the water. You look under the water, it's dark, it's moody, it's not as clear cut as you want it to be.
And that's the concerns that we're we're expressing here is that this mm -hmm. isn't clear cut like, oh no, altruistic, this is going to work, this is going to be great. No, there's concerns and this can be, and we're not saying it will be, but it could be exploited. And that's what people, we want people to understand that this isn't something that's just foolproof that no, no one will ever abuse this. No, <laughs> it can. History has shown that when you give somebody a lot of power, things can go downhill really quickly. Mm -hmm. We're not going to pretend like it has. History has shown time and time again, when you give someone so much power over people, they're either going to get corrupt with it and do whatever they want, and things are just going to hit the fan. Now, we don't, we're not saying that will happen, but history has shown when stuff like this happens, it doesn't usually go in a favorable route. It can be good. We're, there's good examples of it. But there's also bad and we're not going to ignore those we have to be in the middle be objective and understand look there's good and bad to this however right now there's a lot of bad concerns and we're mm -hmm. not gonna and i don't think it's wise because i feel like it'd be misinformation to push that oh if you don't if you think this is a bad idea then you, you should be silenced no one should listen to what you have to say and i'm like no that's not what we're supposed to do. We should be presenting the information the way it actually is and not just be like, oh no, you shouldn't be worried about this. Like when, you know, and then in your own like logic loophole, the whole mental gymnastics you have to do to justify your point, you're like, well, it does worry me a little bit, but you shouldn't be worried at all, you know, because you know, right. you know, and it's just and, and again, it speaks it speaks to some of the conversations we've also had about marketing, about YouTube, about uh, how people profit off of this content. You know, and th there's a very uh, a very solid business strategy for making a YouTube channel where you say nice things about Samsung and Apple because you know that's going to reach the broadest chunk of consumers. They're going to be happy that you said nice things about the products they own. They're going to watch more of your videos and you're going to make more money. So, so again, I, I feel like you know, looking at where the conversation is coming from, how impressed they are with the various technologies employed. Instead, I'd, I'd really want to point someone to the EFF.org. Um, mm. I mean, not the EFF.org. Go to EFF.org. That's the Electronic, uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation. I always want to reverse the Fs. Um, but check out, you know, they have an article talking about this. This is a, a, a way to circumvent encryption. It, it is a way to open up a potential backdoor on a device. And I think they do a very good job of citing sources, researchers' concerns, and then their own policy and platform concerns over this, uh, over this potential uh, strategy from Apple. And I'll definitely be leaving a link down for that down below for everyone, whether you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube, I'll be leaving this down below for you guys so you guys can go check it out yourself. But thank you, Juan. Thank you so much for your time. I know this is the longest episode we've done in a while again, but I know every time Juan <laughs> comes by, it's yeah. always for a long chat. I talk a lot. I mean, it's kind of the problem with having me on. You got to space me out. <laughs> and I do the same thing too, but Juan, thank you so much. I hope, sure. I know everyone's going to really appreciate listening to you share your insight on this. I know you did this on your podcast as well like mm -hmm. yesterday or by the time of this recording yesterday, but when it goes live, it'll be Monday because Juan mm -hmm. does his show on Mondays. But thank you, Juan. I really do appreciate it. And for everyone listening to this podcast, thank you guys so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. I know it's a bit of a long one and hopefully you listen to it maybe while working out, which 
been I listen to podcasts and videos while I'm working out because it helps me get through it. But if you're listening to this, thank you guys. If you're watching this, I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Again, every reasonable link will be left down below so you guys can go check it out. But until next time, guys, I love you guys to death. Please be safe, guys. And as always, don't do anything dumb. I will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Hey there. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day and listening to today's episode. If you're interested in supporting the show, whether it be financially, clicking the follow button, or just sharing the episode, it all works for me, guys. Thank you guys so much for your time, and I love you guys to death.